Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 93. You've got Chris and Brian, and today we are going to talk about um, first line, second line, and third line gear, um, both from an EDC or everyday carry perspective as cake-eating civilians, and yeah. then also, you know, that potentially may look like in a, call it a grid down or the end of the world is upon us type scenario as well. Absolutely. And, you know, when you get into that end of the world conversation, your, your second line, third line, you know, first line, second line, third line, but especially your second line and third line start looking a lot more like military gear and, and how you carry military gear. So the overarching concept, first line gear is... Um, we're going to call it survival. It's yeah. the stuff you don't, you don't ever, ever want to set down. Be without. Yeah, the stuff you don't ever want to set down and walk away from. Um, second line gear is going to be the gear that's needed for the fight. And then your third line gear is going to be sustainment of the fight or sustainment gear in that environment. And so we'll kind of break those down a little bit further. Um, and we'll be looking at this from, like I said, I, we're not going to spend, I, I don't want to beat up the idea of a military third line because a lot of you out there have way more experience at that with, than we do. Um, and it's pretty easy to find that type of information as well around what third, first line, second line, third line kit looks like in the military. Um, as, as well as the gear to go along with it to keep you there. Um, and, and additionally, what you need for basic survival and sustainment gear or survival gear in the military in the field may be vastly different than what you need as a civilian um, or, or at least scaled up significantly in size and efficacy. So um, as a civilian, first-line gear, I'm going to start off by saying, by throwing out a mea culpa, because when we talk about first-line gear, there's probably some of the stuff that I don't religiously carry um, as we get through it, but let's talk about that and talk about the why of it too. So first line gear, um, I'm going to, since we started off picking on art, um, yeah. I'm going to start off with a freaking pocket knife. Um, if, if you, I'm, I apologize for the profanity. If you are a grown ass man and you do not carry a pocket knife in your pocket everywhere you're allowed to by law, um, I, I don't even know what to say to you. Um, carry a freaking knife. Now, if your work environment prohibits you from carrying a knife in and out, Find a better way to carry a knife. Actually drop it down in your pocket. If you have to walk through magnetometers, find some type of a weapon system that you can carry on you that doesn't draw attention, that maybe isn't magnetic. And I don't care if that's a Kubaton on your keychain. Um, I don't care. There's I, I don't some really good um, G10 options either yes. from Sheriff of Baghdad or from VZ Grips. Yeah, and I think we might even have one of the VZ Stabby Stabbies in the case right now. Um, but that's something that we'll be carrying on a little more regular basis now that they're available through one of our distributors. Um, but the reality check is having a, a, a device that is a weapon, but is also a tool to be used for things as mundane as simply opening a box. Um, you know, it, never mind the fact that you might need it. And I know that the pocket knife is not necessarily the best tool to remove clothes from somebody if you're doing a triage and emergency situation. It's still way better than trying to do it with your hands or your teeth. Um, unless she's hot. Um, so going from there, you know, it, it's have a freaking pocket knife on you. Um, very basic stuff. Um, the second thing I'll get into, uh, a, a flashlight. Yeah. Um, the flashlight doesn't seem like it's something that's like this Uber all tool, but it comes in really handy. I find that I use my flashlight just about every single day. Now in the shop, maybe I'm in a little different world from those of you in the corporate world who don't have springs and detents and crap like that flying around I or whatever. I still drop stuff under my desk on Absolutely. And it's super handy. And you know what else lives under desks besides dropped ink pens? Spiders. Yep. I hate spiders. So I always want to shine and make sure there's no spiders trying to keep my ink pen that I'm going to have to fight with. 
Um, and if there's a spider under my desk and you work in the same office as I do, you might want EarPro because um, it could get loud. I do not like spiders. Did I mention that? Why anything needs eight legs? I don't get it. So uh, the flashlight. Flashlight does not have to be some big, um, you know, 2,500 lumen or 5,000 lumen hellfire that could be mounted on a 50 cal. Um, you know, it can literally be something that's a 300. There are lots of little lights that are 200, 300, 400, 500 lumen lights that are discreet. They can go right in your pocket. Nobody knows you have it. Um, the flashlight may be a weapon as well from an impact standpoint. If it's big enough to fit outside both ends of your hand and you can put your thumb over one end of it, it could be an impact weapon. It can be something to disorient somebody or use a flashlight as a blinding tool, you know, just to buy a second or two to make a decision ahead of the bad guy. Um, it's you know, a great signaling tool as it, well. Exactly, exactly. You know, you're, you're in some issue where you need to get somebody's attention, flashing the light on it from a distance is super, super handy. Um, I've actually used that out in the publics on a number of different occasions where you're trying to meet up with somebody in a, in a large, crowded public area. And it's really interesting when you flash a light. Now, you draw a lot of attention to yourself, um, but that's kind of the idea, in, in certain, especially in an emergency situation where maybe, you know, you're trying to let emergency services know where you are to vector them into you flashing a bright light at them is definitely going to make them look your way and it's probably going to help you out with that conversation um any other like comments around lights there's so many good options nowadays yeah, i don't I want to belabor the point carry one um the surefire the stiletto pro phenomenal light phenomenal yeah um it's our, <laughs> our light of choice and we we go through lights on a regular basis and I think we've both yeah. been happy with it for over a year now. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm a little bit of a light nerd. Um, I own, I own some crazy Gucci lights and I own some not, I own some real pedestrian like streamlight kind of stuff that serves very well as well. But the stiletto has probably the best versatility, the best switching modalities to be able to u be used both as a tactical light and as an EDC light at the same time to do work with. Um, phenomenal combination. And so. it hasn't eaten the pocket in my pants yet. Yeah, there's that too. Um, be aware that the Pro seems to be significantly more durable than the standard stiletto. Um, the standard stiletto is not long-term waterproof. If you leave it in a hot tub for 12 hours, uh, it, it'll eventually crap out on you. Um, so we'll see how good Surefire's uh, warranty is on that here shortly. So uh, anyway, so pocket knife, flashlight. Um, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go to a med kit, and this is where I fall down. Um, I often, a lot of the time, carry a SWAT T tourniquet on me because it's super, super handy. It doesn't take up much space. It's flat. Um, it doesn't make me look like I have a goiter on my ankle or on my ass or anything like that. So I really, you know, that's kind of the extent of what I carry on me as a med kit. Um, we have, you know, customers and friends who run the gamut from carrying full-time ankle pouches that are loaded up with basically a full IFAC on their ankle, um, or run them inside the waistband along with their weapon, um, or just a, a tourniquet, um, a soft tee or a cat, um, you know, right inside with their gun and their mag and their belt and their, um, knife, you know, right there, uh, inside the waistband or, you know, in a pocket kit. If, if you can manage to do that every day, that is outstanding. If you can get something on you like a SWAT T, um, I'm going to get flamed for saying this, even a rat's tourniquet. And let's let's talk about that from a perspective of efficacy versus efficiency. Um, you know, there's all the studies out there. The rat's tourniquet doesn't stop Doppler pulse. Okay, cool. Um, if somebody's bleeding out and I can keep them from bleeding out in three to four minutes and I can make that eight to ten minutes and the medics get there in five to six minutes, I won. 
Um, if it's a prolonged situation and all I have is a rat's tourniquet, I'm going to try and make it work. And maybe there's other ways you can really crank it down. If you can insert a windlass into the conversation or something like that, I don't know. Um, I get that it's not the best option. I get that it's not TCCC approved. I get that it's not NAEMT approved. I get all those things, but it's way the hell better than a shoelace or nothing if you don't have anything. Plus, it makes a really nice, convenient dog leash. Um, if you have to have a rescued puppy that you've got to get back to its owner and you don't have a leash on you, you can use the rat's tourniquet as a collar and a leash for the dog if it's a little dog. Um, it, but, you know, kind of kidding around there, but it actually happened once. Um, the reality check is having something on you that's, that's purpose-driven is way better than having nothing on you when it comes to that conversation. Uh, the tourniquet's probably the hardest thing in, in your kit. You know, maybe I guess you could say a decomp needle or an MPA, um, but the tourniquet is probably the hardest thing in your kit to replicate effectively that matters the most the fastest. Um, so if you can at least figure out how to carry something like that on you, it's way better than nothing as long as you have trained with it and understand how to use it. Um, you know, and again, I'm not, I'm not advocating or recommending a rat's tourniquet. I'm just saying that something's better than nothing. Have something on you to make it work. Um, we have one of our customers who carries a, I think it's an inch and a quarter, inch and a half welded stainless steel ring that is a super heavy duty rigging device, um, that he keeps on him. Um, with, with a, I don't know if it's paracord or something like that, basically looped through it. That's super handy. uses it for all kind of crap, but he's also trained and he's trained himself to use it as a, as a tourniquet. Um, and it's not comfortable, but it works really, really well if you have just a little bit of training and applying it quickly. And it's something that doesn't draw attention to him, um, which is ironic because he's one of those guys who probably people are looking at him thinking he's got a gun anyway, cause he's that guy. God bless his little heart. So, yeah. Um, so what do we cover? Med gear. Lights, knives, first line. I, I'm putting the gun yeah, under the pistol. first line. I think the pistol is. A, I think the pistol is a survival device. Um, I don't want to use a pistol necessarily to take a fight to somebody unless I'm forced to. That's what rifles are for, um, and squads of Marines and stuff like that. Crew served uh, weapons. Yeah, and crew served weapons and and close air support and whatnot. Uh, but anyway, um, you know the pistol is truly a survival device if you're a civilian. It's something that's a last ditch. You know, oh crap! I actually need this. Let's use it to to keep people from hurting me. Um, or it, heaven forbid, you're out in the boonies and you know something's happened where you need sustenance. Um, you know, you'll probably wish you were a better shot if you try shooting at rabbits with a pistol. Um, but that kind of thing. You know, but those are those are the the basics of of that EDC first line. Um, and what's conspicuously absent here, if you talk to a soldier, is your your clothing or your uniform. Um, you know, what do you wear on a day-to-day -day basis? Do you wear comfortable clothes? If you're going out in an environment, do you wear appropriate clothing to go for a hike at your local metro park? But then when you go, maybe you decide you're on vacation and you're going to try and do a summit of a, you know, a mountaintop somewhere, even in the east, not even in the west, um, you know, your clothing, your uniform, your clothing becomes part of your survival gear as well. And is that appropriate to the day and is that appropriate to the task um, to include shoes, belts, um, are your pants quick drying? Are they cotton or are they wool or are they some, you know, synthetic material that dries really fast as abrasion resistant and will protect you from scratches, scrapes, etc. if you biff. Um, and is your, you know, are you layered out appropriately and different things of that nature too. So do you have good socks? Do you have good socks, a hat, etc. You know, whether that hat's to keep sun off of you, rain off of you, whether it's a toque to hold some heat in or whatever the case may be. Um, but that's all part of your first line gear too. So that's, you know, your basic survival stuff. Um, I'd add one more thing. Yeah, please. Cash. Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah, I know everybody's all about you know Apple Pay and Google Pay and yep. PayPal and Venmo and all that stuff. 
Um, there's still large parts of the United States where nobody gives a shit about those things. They yep. want cash. Yeah. Um, having you know a couple hundred dollars in twenties or fifties um, tucked away in various places on your person is probably a very good idea. Absolutely, and and I would say this you know the smaller the denomination, the better. Getting down into fives, tens, and twenties. Um, because if you are bartering or negotiating for something, you're not showing everybody everything you have, all your cards all at once, um, and you can pay in smaller denominations. If all you have is a 50 um, and you need five gallons worth of gas, guess what it's going to cost you? 50 bucks. bucks. Yeah. So, you know, consider that. Um, yeah, definitely cash is a good idea. One of the other things that we had talked about in the past that you had done something about is a nice watch. Um, having that watch, if you're maybe if you're going outside the States and you want to have the ability to trade something on your body for a vehicle, or more than just a meal or a little bit of gas, um, a, a good watch that's a brand that everyone recognizes. Uh, you know, the, 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 the vintage, not stupid expensive, but maybe stupid expensive Rolex on your wrist can be traded for a whole lot of things really, really quickly in certain places in the world, and that's a good thing to know and understand. Um, that's probably a little bit esoteric from a baseline EDC conversation, but if you're traveling overseas, it's definitely something to consider as part of your, as part of your baseline or your yeah. first line. So, yeah. Yeah, no, good, good addition. Um, a watch is handy too. Um, you can use it for a few different things, like knowing when it's going to get dark before it gets dark. Um, you know, and and if it's super Gucci'd out, maybe it tells you where you're at in the world. That's kind of handy too. Um, but that's kind of going to be up to you about if you're going to take the time to learn how to use it properly. Um, telling you where you're at is great. If it doesn't tell you where to get back to where you need to be, that's a problem if you don't know how to do it from there. So that's on you. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, second line. This is where you're, as a civilian, your second line, you know, we're talking about bringing the fight to the bad guy. Um, you know, this might be the bag gun. Um, if you're out and about in the world, um, you know, maybe, you know, you're hiking or you're going somewhere in an urban area where you feel like having that, that second pistol on you, um, but it's an AR pistol with a 30-round mag and, and a good optic and a flashlight and a sling and some type of arm brace device that doubles as something to help you stabilize the weapon with four points of contact. Um, incidentally and occasionally. And it, yeah, incidentally and occasionally. Shame on you. Shame on you, Q. Shame on you. Um, honey badger be damned. So anyway, you know, that, that may be, you know, as a civilian, I would like to think we're not going looking for the fight, but the reality check is in today's day and age with what we're seeing on the news every single day. Um, the fight can find you and you better be ready for it and having a better tool is a better thing. Um, understanding your second line may be on you or your second line may be something in your vehicle that you're traveling with. Um, if we're talking about a foot soldier, then it's on your person, obviously. But if you're talking about a civilian, uh, a lot of our transportation is with personally owned vehicles. So whatever you throw in your POV, um, you know, might be part of your second line gear for the fight. Uh, but what that looks like is going to be based on your comfort level with what you want to put in the vehicle and what risks you perceive. Um, that second line also doesn't have to necessarily be just the gun. It could be something like devices used to disorient crowds of people like smoke, tear gas, pepper spray. I just said tear gas. How old am I? Um, OC, you know, OC yeah. spray. Um, there are civilian purchasable OC grenades. Um, you know, the bad guys may not know that the smoke, the, the airsoft smoke grenade you just tossed, they may not know that that's not some type of pepper or irritant. So they may choose to leave you alone because of that. Um, or it may just really piss them off. Uh, either way, you know, be aware of that too. But having those other types of devices, less lethal devices, um, geared toward a mass bad guy incident, uh, something to be aware of, 
And then also understand that your second line may be the thing you're driving that has a gas pedal, uh, may be part of your second line as well. Um, you know, these tactics are available. We've spoken about them peripherally and, and referenced some good sources for you from different places like Greg Elifritz's active response training, um, you know, where you can go and read about, you know, is your, is your vehicle a weapon, how to utilize it as a weapon, what the legal ramifications are and things of that nature. You know, research that if you're going to carry any of this stuff, you should be researching the second line legality aspects here too. We're not attorneys. We don't play them on TV. We didn't even stay on Holiday Express last night. At least I didn't. So. I didn't either. Okay, cool. So, um, But the second line thing is going to be uh, very much applicable to what threat it is that you perceive, or if you're military or a contractor, what your mission is. Is your mission protecting somebody, or is it doing a snatch and grab on somebody? Um, you know, but it's the stuff for the fight. Um Anything you want to add to second line because second line is really mission sharp. It's really based on what you're what you're trying to achieve or what your yeah. perceived threats to be. Um, I would add to second line um, things like chest rigs, plate carriers, um, how you're carrying the stuff to keep your rifle or your subgun you know going. Okay. Um, yeah. If you're wearing a battle belt, um, I would call it battle belt a second line thing mm -hmm. um, because it is dumpable. Um, whereas your first line gear, that is the belt and the gear that is literally woven into your pants. And the only way you're dumping that gear is to take off your pants. Yeah. Um, yes. you know, if you can, if you can click a couple buttons and dump it, it becomes a second line gear item. Uh -huh. Um, you know, so like your big rucksack will be third line gear. We're going to get to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, if you got a, call it a small little assault pack that's either zippered on the back of your plate carrier chest rig. Or you know a flat panel type thing, um, I would keep. I would continue to call that second line gear. I would agree. If you're throwing on your ruck and you're going to move, then you take that smaller pack and you put it in the top of your big pack and go. But when you set up to go do whatever work it is you're going to do, if that gear's germane to that work, then it's second line. Yeah. Yeah. That that yeah. makes like that flat pack that maybe you put on with yep. your plate carrier or your chest rig over it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally agree. To add to that, you know, a full IFAC, um, I would definitely call it like a mandatory second line gear. Okay. Um, I would generally expect to see that on a battle belt or on the plate carrier chest rig combination. Along with a smaller IFAC in your pocket so yeah. that when you do dump that stuff, you still have the basics. Yeah. Yeah. First um, line versus second. Yeah. Line. Radios, comms, um, that kind of stuff that may or may not be first line gear, depending on where it is on your person. Um, or based on the number of radios that you have. Yeah. How many you have to carry? Um, yeah. Any kind of, Call it like a small tablet, tough <clears throat> book, um, laptop that you need to actually do work on the objective. Um, so it could actually be, you know, if you're a dude who works in an office, you know, your laptop and your laptop briefcase is your second line gear every day. Yeah. Um, you know, you can use that bag to put things like your med kit in it. Um, and well, it and also too, to, not just in your office. If you're if you're one of the Porsche loves who's working remotely now yeah. because of COVID. Maybe, you know, you're in a, uh, well, I would say a coffee shop six feet from everybody else with a mask on, um, or out somewhere. Same, same. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, you know, if you're doing surveillance, reconnaissance, your camera, lenses, all that kind of stuff would be part of your second line gear. Yeah. Cause it's mission specific. It's germane to the mission profile. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out because I was thinking in terms of gear, but the gear to carry that gear is also gear. So yeah. it falls under second line gear. Um, so definitely, you know, that perspective for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, second line, anything you need to accomplish the mission, anything that's mission specific tools and, and that, you know, may not be stacking bad guys. It, it may be just going to work and being a Joe. 
Yeah. So, um, the third line gear, third line gear is sustainment gear. Um, it can be things like a, it, it's it's sustainment gear or extra gear possibly needed for the fight. As a civilian, third line gear is going to be that set of car hearts you keep in the back of your car um, in case you end up in the ditch and it's five degrees outside. Um, it could be the munchie bars, the pogey bait that you put in your glove box or your console for the kids to keep them calm in case the car breaks down along the side of the road or there's some type of delay that you're stuck with and you don't really have a way to avoid. Um, but we think of that in terms of like uh, sleep gear, uh, food, um, you know, that those different types of longer term sustainment items that are not necessarily on the objective, but they're to and from the objective. Um, and then also additional items that you may need on the, on the objective, um, as a civilian, that's probably not going to be breaching charges, but if you're military or contractor, it might be demo that you need to take with yeah. you. Uh, it could be comms that you only use on the objective versus comms that you use in and out and things of that nature too. Um, you know, just different things of that nature. I'm, I'm sure there's something that I'm missing with that, but it's the sustainment gear to get you to and from, and then additional stuff that you may need on the objective, um, that somebody's got to slug it around. And if it's you that day, sorry about your luck. Yeah. Um, that could be, you know, extra ammo and stripper clips. Yep. Um, cause you got X number of magazines, you know, in your second line gear, um, but you want additional ammunition to resupply from, um, that would be at the, you know, in your ruck. Yeah. Um, or extra ammo and mags. Or extra ammo and yeah. mags. Yeah. Um, yeah, your call it insulated layers, um, you know, extra hard shells. Yep. Uh, if you're civilian and you're keeping your third line gear, you know, in your vehicle, a good set of boots. Yes. Um, would be a and extra socks would be a good thing to have in there. Yeah. Um, poncho, poncho liner, um, those types of things. You know, bag. The, yeah, the stuff that you're not generally going to use, but you want to have available to you if you have an extended stay somewhere that's not heated and or insulated well. So, yeah. yeah, and like I said, and, and food and things of that nature, too. So uh, maybe any hygiene items, too, you know, depending are going to be third-line gear. So, um, um, you know. Water purification, water, sure. water purification type stuff. Yep, absolutely. Um, so that's just kind of giving you a rundown, you know, some ways to think of layering. Um, a, a lot of this comes from being in Ohio where we actually have seasons where we'll go from, you know, 90-plus degree days in the summer to potentially significantly below freezing periods for extended periods in the winter, um, below freezing, I won't say actually cold. Yeah. Um, or we go from one to the other in two days. Yeah, or we go from one to the other in two days. Um, you know, where you're, you know, in Ohio, that, you know, you're, like I said, your third line as a civilian may very well be that, that box, that tote that you keep in your vehicle. Um, something to throw in that tote, too, as well as third line gear in a vehicle, um, might be an additional small pack, like that flat pack or that little roll-up pack. Um, like Grey Ghost Products does, we've got a, a little pack that folds up to the size of a softball, but is probably about a 1,500 cubic inch pack that if you decide, you know, you have more than you in the vehicle and you want to pack stuff up and leave your vehicle and go, um, then you can throw that stuff out there. Um, I believe it's the Turnout Pack, um, Turnout Pack by Grey Ghost Gear. You know, really good little option, price points there, and super, super handy. Um, a little more comfortable than the string gym bag that's going to cut into your shoulders if you put any weight into it. This will actually probably carry 20 pounds for maybe even 25 pounds for an extended period. Um, not so that I want to try and do the AT or Pacific Crest with, but definitely something to grab in a vehicle and have as a convenience for a second person or for you yeah. to carry more stuff with. So, um, but anyway, so, you know, first line, second line, third line, again, that first line is, is purely survival gear. That second line is what you bring to the fight or the mission. 
and then that third line is generally sustainment items, food, warmth, um, and then maybe additional items, backups or extras for the fight. Um, and thinking of it in those terms, you know, as a civilian, maybe you take the fight out of that and the mission is just staying alive or staying comfortable or keeping the kids happier, you know, until, until the cavalry can come get you. But layering things in that nature will make sure that you have a mentality of always having the core things that you need on you um, and, and the important things close by and then understanding what's tertiary. So, yeah. Yeah. Anything to add? I think we did a pretty good job. Cool. Kind of a quickie one today, guys. Um, you know, if you've got, you know, questions or comments or things you'd add to that, you know, stop by the shop and let's have a conversation around it. Um, you know, those of you who've been in the military, like I said, might have a lot finer point to put on this than Brian and I do. Um, you know, my, my idea of second line and third line was where am I hiding bottles of beer so I can carry as much with me as possible. Um, because I was not a combat arms guy, uh, just a crew chief in the air force. So, um, you know, if you want to have a conversation around it, you've got other ideas. Maybe if you're coming from the, um, backpacker or backwoods side of the thing, maybe you've got a little bit different take on it. We'd love to hear it. Love to hear about what kind of different tools there are out there that, you know, that you'd like to see added to somebody else's kit that might help them sustain themselves and their family a little better, a little longer, a little more comfortably. So for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Um, on that note, please uh, check us out on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram as long as they let us stick around. Um, we're using those sources as kind of a broadcast means of saying when we get cool things in, like guns, ammo, um, in-demand accessories, coffee. that kind of stuff. Yeah, coffee. Uh, we are we got a big restock of Black Rifle coffee just the other day. Um, but yeah, find us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, at Cap City Outfitters, uh, please note we really don't use those means or those mediums for um, inbound comms. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, um, please either give us a call or send us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com. Um, we also do an email newsletter once a week. Um, you can sign up for that on our website, capcityoutfitters.com, or send us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com, and we will happily subscribe you. Um, lastly, please come and visit us in the store um, we're in hilliard ohio 4465 cemetery road um, we're right in front of the aldi's um, directly next to louis fusion grill mofongo <laughs> sorry i'm hungry um uh, yeah we are still running uh, covid related hours we are 10 to 5 um, tuesday through saturday and we are limiting it to four customers in the store um, due to mini mike's tyrannical decrees Boo. regarding social distancing and things um, generally not a problem um, as far as getting people in and out. I think the longest we've had anybody wait in the last week is maybe five minutes. Maybe, and I doubt that even. So, yeah. Um, yeah, last uh, one more thing. Uh, on our website, you can find important information such as how to do an FFL transfer um, and also how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront on silencershop.com. Um, so please do check out the website when you get a chance. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks so much, guys.